Welcome, patriots. It's that time. It's to time to get into what's really affecting our country and what we're going to do about it. If it's in your sights, it's on my radar. This is Raven's Radar. We'll be airborne shortly. Patriots, welcome to Raven's Radar today, and we have a very special, very powerful episode for you today. Today is Election Day, the 8th. This is it. Time to make our voices heard. Time to get in there and do the work that's required to take our country back. If you haven't gone to vote yet, go vote. As soon as you finish listening to this podcast, go vote. And don't just go. Take five with you. Let's see if we can make the red wave come and make sure we can take our country back. It is time. And I don't know about you guys, but I am ready. I am ready to get off the sidelines and get some things done for our country. That's what we're talking about. That's what we need to do. So today is going to be a very special episode. We're going to be breaking down these elections across the country. They all matter. Every single one is important. But let's get someone, we're going to be talking to the Pedro Gonzalez. He is an editor. He is a consultant. He is a strategist. He is on the front lines, and he's going to be joining us today to break down these elections and show people where the highs and lows are going to be, despite what's going on in our country that looks bleak. There is hope and we're going to find it and we're going to bring it to you. So we're going to be joining, he's going to be joining us shortly. This is going to be what I believe the biggest kitchen table election we have ever had. This is monumental, patriots. This is the election that matters to Americans and our freedom. There has never been a time like this. But the good news is we were made for a time such as this, but we've got skyrocketing inflation. We've got CRT in our schools. We have a wide open Southern border that is funneling fentanyl with a welcome mat, child trafficking, sex trafficking, drugs, uh, cartels, just unbelievable state. We are funneling billions of dollars in foreign aid to Ukraine and other countries and our strategic oil reside reserve is on vapors. It is on fumes right now, getting ready to probably be liquidated by conservative estimates sometime around Thanksgiving. So this is where the vote matters. What, what we do now affects the future of our country. So with that, why don't we get right into our amazing guest we have today and start looking at these races and encouraging people who have not yet gone to the polls, what our predictors are, and what they can do to get involved. But first, I have some encouraging video coming out of New York where Governor DeSantis is campaigning and stumping for various candidates, and it is a monster and it is great encouragement. Let's check it out. If you are tired of the same old, same old story, well, you have the power to turn the page. You have the power to elect Lee Zeldin as the next governor of the state of New York. You will roll with some changes, 
happening. This will be the 21st century version of the shot heard around the world. Woo! I don't know if anybody else is excited as I am. That's what we need to see. Oh my goodness, I am so excited and so proud of New York for rallying for common sense and freedom and, you know, taking their state back. It's going to be an incredible momentum. So now let's jump right in and bring in Pedro Gonzalez to help us kind of get our, our heads around what's happening today around the country. Pedro, thank you for joining us. Welcome. We just showed an incredible clip of DeSantis just firing the crowd up in New York for Lee Zeldin. And uh, I, I, this gives me hope and encouragement for what's, for what's coming on. What are your thoughts about uh, to, today's election and the red wave and what's to come? Well, I'm going to give a kind of cautiously optimistic take that I don't think you're hearing enough, but you should. And that is that I think Republicans are going to enjoy an electoral windfall uh, going into the midterm elections. That seems to be clear to me that there are indicators and alarm bells ringing on the left about the impending doom that Republicans are going to foist on the country. And the right is understandably very enthusiastic and excited about being back in power and being able to actually do some things, whether it's advancing a policy agenda or like a totally understandable. We, I mean, there's a sense of it's payback time, right? For all the things the left has done to us and the things the Democratic Party has done to us. But I think we've been here before historically, yes. where basically Democrats govern so badly that it makes the Republican Party look like a fantastic alternative. And we often refer to these things as, you know, the next Republican revolution or something like that. It's a term we hear a lot, revolution. Republicans are gearing up for a revolution in Congress after midterms. But the reality is much more lackluster. Often Republicans don't really follow through with the mandate that voters give them. And voters seem to be kind of caught off guard precisely because of the sugar high going into these elections. And I think that we can be optimistic about the fact that Republicans are going to, you know, win uh, I think pretty, uh, pretty good. Uh, I, you know, I, I think in terms of the seats are going to pick it up, pick up, and all that stuff. I mean, that that seems to be a given. But the question is whether those wins are actually going to translate into uh, electoral policy wins. That or, is sorry, such wins. a good point, Pedro, because this is something I say often. It doesn't do any good to clean the house. I mean, to take the house back if you're not going to clean it first. This has always been the problem because I am old enough to remember when Trump was there and we had all three branches and absolutely nothing got done. We were in gridlock. We were in, you know, this kind yes. of finger yes. pointing that goes on. And that's exactly so what I have been saying to people is November 8th, let's deal with the most immediate threat, which is to try to gain the majority. November 9th, Patriots, you watch. We're on the front lines, going to work, making sure there's accountability, and that these people that we elected, who are thinking they're going to shrink back into uh, compliance in this good old boy, it's not happening. We're holding the feet to the fire. We have to demand accountability, and that they vote and support the principles of this party and restore the integrity 
to this party. So I am with you 120 trillion without pineapple percent, Pedro. So we're going to do that. So in the short term, let's uh, let's take a look because a lot of these terms are thrown out, toss-up states, swing states, you know, red, blue. Let's give start with an overall prediction of where you're thinking we're going to pick up, where we're going to gain, and then let's focus in a little bit more intently on some of these races. Let's get your full yeah. expertise on this of what we're actually looking at yeah. when people go Honestly, to the Honestly, again, I think that the thing that I've been really focusing on is, you know, which candidates, which people, uh, th this maybe is not the answer that you're looking for, but really what I've been looking at is which candidates I think you can argue are representative of a new and emergent right that is actually willing to fight and implement its agenda. And so I, for that reason, I've been really interested in uh, Carrie Lake, Blake Masters, uh, really those two in particular. Um, I mean, there's, you know, there's a lot of excitement over uh, Dr. Oz um, and his race. I am going to wait and see how that pans out uh, based on, you know, what we know about his, about his history and all that stuff. It seems like there's a good chance he's going to win. He's going to triumph over Fetterman. But I mean, come on, like Fetterman is, uh, I mean, we all is know that, that Fetterman scary, is- Pedro? Yeah. Is that scary, Pedro? Is that scary watching? Did you watch that debate with Fetterman and Dr. It's Oz? Painful. It it's was, painful to watch. It was fingers on the chalkboard, painful yeah. to watch. And were you, I mean, because you do a lot of correspondence work. So do you know that, I remember a few short months ago, uh, Democrats saying, you know, ha there's nothing wrong with him. And then literally saying you're picking, now today they're saying you're picking on a disabled guy. Yeah. They can't decide which side of the fence they're on. Right. It, yeah, that's exactly right. It went from he's totally fine. It's normal that he needs uh, a speech device to talk to journalists. Totally fine. Totally normal. Totally and then normal. when he actually actually commits to a debate, which is, I mean, I can't believe his campaign thought that would be a good idea. Like, let's put this guy on stage. I think it's and the same person who writes Kamala's speeches, speeches but I'm not sure. That's what I'd that be going with. That, that sounds right. Um, but but again, it's one of these moments where Fetterman is such an embarrassing candidate that there's all this hype around Dr. Oz, but I'm waiting to see if that actually pans out. And, and like I said, the people that I'm really kind of uh, watching are Carrie Lake and Blake Masters. They they actually seem to be people who have thought through their positions, yes. uh, who who look like they actually have, you know, decent chances of winning. And I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say that I, I think both of them will win. Uh, so the only I, I rarely make predictions because I actually uh, I know you brought me on here to make predictions, but I actually don't really like to make predictions. <laughs> no, we want to bring you on here to get your expertise. I want you to do, you know, what feels comfortable. And there's a lot of up in the airs. There's a lot of dynamics that yeah. we're waiting on. But I'm with you. I'm a huge fan of Carrie Lake. Um, I think she's great. I love her energy. I love the promise of what she brings and masters as well. Um, would also like to talk. So would like to get your thoughts uh, well, why don't we close out with, so for Pennsylvania, I agree with you. I have some of the same concerns, but to me, Fetterman is not even an option. That's not even an option. No. You're talking about this will be the most powerful person representing the state. And, you know, he's unable to interpret words that are being said to him. This is actually downright scary and pretty reminiscent of the Biden syndrome, if I'm being 100% yeah. honest. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, so that's our prediction for for. Pennsylvania. But why don't we have a look? I'd like to know your thoughts on what's going on in Georgia with uh, Warnack versus uh, Herschel Walker. Um, man, that, that whole thing has kind of has blown up over, you know, Herschel's, uh, his family 
troubles. Yes. Let's, let's just leave it at that. Yes. Um, I think he, I think he has impressed a lot of people. The, the, I think the concern was is, is that he wasn't going to be able to go toe to toe with Warnock uh, on the debate stage. Um, but in terms of his, I mean, I, so I think he's he's actually um, overperformed there. You know, people have yes. said that he, he's actually managed to hold his own. In terms of you know who's going to win, I'm I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, maybe this speaks to the fact that, um, gosh. Conservatives have been looking a lot to celebrities um, instead of really thinking through, you know, who we should be sending out to. Yes. I guess what I'm saying is we, we should probably vet candidates better going forward in the future instead of just opting for celebrity. And that's nothing against, you know, Herschel Walker as an individual. I like him. But I mean, you can see uh, how this becomes a problem, I guess, in the middle of a race. Uh, so, yeah, yes, I mean, it does. That's this and- I like him too. I guess when I'm looking at this, I'm looking at it with a very pragmatic view of it. I like Herschel. I think what he's trying to do, and I'm just not in the habit of condemning people for their for their past mistakes. I'm just, I guess, I'm I'm too flawed an individual to do that. Yeah. But I'm kind of no, I hoping. Agree. I totally agree. That I think that what I would would like. I agree with you 100% about we have to put up a better quality of candidate, and I would like to see in the short term that getting out the entrenchment. I mean, these ones that have been in here for decades, I have told people, I feel like if we if we get nuked, it's nothing, it's gonna be nothing but career swamp rats and cockroaches yeah. left at the at the Capitol. We have to yeah. get these ones who've been in there. Pelosi, that's her before been there since before the internet, you yeah. know, was a thing. That's what we have to do. So do you have eyes on let's switch to Wisconsin. Do you have eyes on the Wisconsin rate? No, you know, I've, running I've been against uh, Barnes. No, I'm sorry. No, I, I've I've not been following closely. But I mean, to your point, going back to um to to Warnock and Herschel, I mean, this was an important aspect of the Trump election, right? Trump was deeply flawed in his individual, but obviously, he was saying things that the base uh, had been looking for someone to say for decades. And so, I mean, yeah, there's there's an obvious uh, balance that you have to strike there in terms of policy. And, and personality and things like that. So uh, no, I, I completely agree with you. I think that uh, people are going to be flawed. Uh, but but again, I think it, it's just kind of a reminder of the, of the vetting issue. So It is. And uh, for qualifying more for people who are doing these, we got to be careful. That's where the power of your vote comes from is where, what you're you're putting up. So let's let's uh, talk about do you have any thoughts on uh, the races out in Nevada? This is a big one as well because we've got, um, you know, Adam Laxalt looking pretty good in the Nevada Senate race. Uh, do you have yeah, a, I, a, a thought on that? No, I mean, I mean um, no, I haven't been following very closely, but I, but I, I generally agree with that. I think Republicans are, I think Republicans like are are benefiting just from the. I mean, you look at issues like crime and whether it's Nevada uh, or New York, uh, these issues all play into the hands of the GOP. So I, I think that. This is one of the reasons why I think uh, there, there's so much enthusiasm around these races is that um, it's very easy for a Republican to basically just run because you just have to look at all the issues that Democrats are failing on, whether it's immigration, which is obviously an important issue in states like Nevada uh, or crime, and basically just make that your platform, right? right. Uh, I'm going to do a marginally better job than, their, than the Democratic Party, Um so yeah, I think I mean I think this trend is consistent everywhere, and it's it's playing into 
the hands of Republicans all across the country, and especially in states like Nevada, because again, the immigration issue. Uh, I think that the the latest count for the number of illegal aliens who have entered the country it, under Biden alone has is something like five million. Yes, so, I had so four point nine million. Yes. Yeah. So if you're a Republican in a state like Nevada, I mean that that issue is just a goldmine, and, um, and it's it's interesting too because I mean we often you know hear more and more today about the. Um, the Latino vote, right? And how some yes. Latinos in the country are moving right. I say some because Latinos are not a monolith. Like there's a difference between Cubans Correct. in Florida, Mexicans in California, and Tejanos in Texas. But I think where you do actually see this shift is actually in states like Nevada, uh, because immigration directly affects these communities where Latinos live and are concentrated. Uh, and so I think that's where you actually see these these kind of interesting moves where Latinos in, in these communities in, in states like Nevada are moving more uh, more and more towards the Republican Party because for them it's it's not an identity issue, right? It's not like, well, these are these are illegal immigrants, but they're Hispanic, so I should identify with them. It's like, no, these people are bringing crime. And, Correct. And, and that's and a really good point, Pedro, because what what's the I know that it's four point nine million. Um, people who have crossed under Biden, two um, cases of leprosy, an increase in fentanyl. But also, yeah. it's not just, it used to be we're saying Mexico. Now we're talking, what, 163 to 68 countries are, are running yeah. through that southern border. So this yeah. doesn't have anything to do. We're getting them from everywhere. So yeah. the the concentration that used to be on the specific Latino vote has now gotten blurred because we've just let everybody in everybody yeah. you know here's yeah. the welcome mat everybody come in here's some free stuff and don't forget to vote yes. uh, so that's where we have yeah. to to kind of take it down and you're right this is all affecting and i'm really not a big fan you know nobody really caters to our native american <laughs> population as much but we uh we have to be looking at this more of americans instead of segmented americans in my opinion and i wanted to save uh, my favorite for the, the the New York race, what do you feel is going on in New York? Because that is huge. DeSantis out there with a, a rally that yeah. is tremendous. And who is he running? Uh, you know, DeSantis is running against a guy who, depending on what time of day it is, is Republican or Democrat. So I think at this particular time, he's probably a Democrat again. <laughs> But uh, going back and forth, but up in New York, I mean, they have really borne the brunt, Pedro, haven't they? Of, I mean, they were the epicenter of the lockdowns. They were yeah. epicenter of, you know, mandating these vaccines, epicenter of nefertism, of, you know, one stepping down so we can get somebody worse to be governor uh, there, who I believe has a connection to Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It's just absolutely no, it, unreal. It's fascinating. No, you're right. It is. It is. It's fascinating because it looks like. I mean, it's not totally beyond the pale that New York could have a Republican governor, and it's precisely for those reasons. I mean, there was an article today in the Atlantic uh, by Emily Oster, an economist at Brown University, and she was saying that it's time for what she calls a pandemic amnesty, which is to say, it's time for us to forgive each other for the things that we said and did about each other during the pandemic. Uh, in my mind is, you know, I go to all, no. all the people that died in uh, in homes in New York um, uh, not across the entire state. Ba basically, like I, I kind of mentally the first thing I thought of was all the things that that New Yorkers 
suffered for some reason my mind went to that state all the things that new yorkers suffered right yes. under um and i just think to myself like well on the one hand in the context of the atlantic article it's like the answer is no like we're not going to forgive and yes. forget what you did not to just new yorkers but you know to americans all over the country but on the other hand i, I thought of that like if if you somehow manage to get a republican governor in new york in this day and age it's going to be i think because of that because of the horrors of the, the that the Democratic Party foisted on New Yorkers, and I have to imagine that, I mean, this is not a like, you know, I'm a dyed in the wool Republican now issue, but just a, a, like a protest vote uh, for for these people, you know, um, like yes. we've, we've seen what Democrats do to our state, to our cities, and we want an alternative. So I mean, yeah, I think it's it's definitely possible, and it is one of the more exciting races. And I mean, the DeSantis thing. Uh, was really fascinating because I think it also indicates that um, I have mixed feelings about DeSantis and Trump both running for president at the same time, but I think that is another indicator that DeSantis also wants to run for president in 2024. Uh, I say mixed because I, I, my, my position is that if they run at the same time, I think you're going to see some nasty um, infighting on the right uh, in that race. And I am a big fan of DeSantis, but I got to be honest, if they run together, I'm a Trump yeah. gal, 100%. That's my rock star right yeah, there. I so think, I, uh, I agree. But I agree. And I agree with you. You know, Pedro, you just brought up an excellent point that deserves a little bit more attention. This is what not only New Yorkers need to be paying attention to, but Americans in general. You know, how dare... I can't even believe they can step up and ask for a vote. This isn't... I mean, people died. Depression and suicide skyrocketed. People were locked down, supply shortages, and they can't blame this. They have nowhere to go. They have been in full control of our government, all branches of the government, and at the highest level, this is all on them. We were locked down. People were told that they were forced. Didn't we just have a judgment come out of the Supreme Court that all those people who were fired for choosing not to inject something into their body are going to receive their back pay? But these were people who were struggling to feed their families. They decimated the tourist industry in New York with this, with these crazy, I remember trying to travel there and it's like, you have to stay in quarantine for two weeks. And I'm like, I hate to break it to you guys. I've never been anywhere for two weeks. Okay. I can't afford to stay in a hotel for two weeks while you guys put radioactive gear on and take my food to the front of my hotel room. But they yeah. need to remember today when they vote, they must remember that Whatever they're saying right now, well, we brought the gas price down six cents. Well, great. It's still up two bucks from when Trump was president. What's your argument? So yeah. I want New Yorkers, we are, we feel you in this, but take your state back. And that will be a resounding, resounding voice to tell people what they think about these socialist communist light policies. They've been shoving down New Yorkers and Americans' throats for the last time. So your overall prediction, because I agree with you. This is all well and good. We want the momentum. We want the excitement. We want people get out there and vote. Okay. Yeah. Even if you think it's not going to make a difference, it does make a difference. Get to the polls, exercise your right. Somebody died for your right to vote. My parents bled for it. A lot of military and law enforcement, was that something else New Yorkers did? They defunded the police and put a target on their back and let crime escalate. And now they have yeah. the audacity to go, well, it's Trump's fault. Like heck it is. So get out and vote, New Yorkers. Put Lee Zeldin in. And as far as DeSantis, rock on. 
<laughs> DeSantis is a is a is a rock star too, but Trump is Trump is my guy. But so you're overall looking at now, what do you want people to do now? So they want to get out and vote, yeah. and then what's their next step? So what do we do on November 9th? I think that the the first thing that has to happen is you know after everyone is done celebrating, uh, understandably so, is to immediately look at what the GOP is taking up as a, as a policy agenda. And right now, um, what we know is that Kevin McCarthy has suggested that you know uh, after November 9th, uh, the main thing is going to be pushing a uh, fifty billion dollar aid package for Ukraine um, by the end of next January and uh, entitlement reform. Those are the two things that Republicans are talking about. Those, uh, that's As far as you know, what else they're gonna do, we don't know, but we do know that M Kevin McCarthy has suggested Social Security, uh, Medicare, and b basically just general entitlement reform, oh, and the debt, right? But I mean, the, the, the funny thing about the GOP debt hawking is the fact that they're also talking about securing another 50 billion for Ukraine, which seems to conflict with you know cutting spending. Um, yes. So I, basically what I'm saying is that the, the first thing that we need to do is take back control of your party. Yes. I think that's really important is that you, the GOP is not, um, it, it's a tool for the voters, for the base to affect their agenda and, and what they want to see happen in this country. The, the GOP is not something that you just kind of vote for and you just, you know, turn your back on it and it goes on autopilot and does what it's supposed to. That, that doesn't happen. Politicians do not, they don't do anything. Uh, they don't keep any of their promises unless you hold their feet to the fire every that's single right. day. And so and I think as soon as as soon as you know midterms passes, that's that is the task of the Republican base. Hold your politicians accountable. That's it. That Pedro is everything because that's what we're talking about here. You know, you remember how the Democrats ran their whole platform? We hate Trump. That was it. You know, we're not going to do anything about the economy. We just hate Trump. Trump bad. That yes. was their platform. Well, the Republicans' platform can't be. Well, they suck. Okay, right. we know that. Yeah. <laughs> so yes. what's the plan? And the plan can't be we're going to control spending by spending more. That's how yes. politics, I, I, I can't do that with them. It's like, literally, seriously, stop. But that comes on us, doesn't it, Pedro? That's on yes. us to be, we should be making phone calls. We should be at these rallies and going, hey, I kind of see that you're getting ready to vote on more aid for um, Ukraine. And I would really like to know what you're going to do to get my gas under $7 All a right. gallon. So that's right. where we have to be. But Pedro, this is what I'm talking about is verbs in the sentence. We're rallying the basis. So where can people find you so they can get involved and help? You're on the front line of this movement. Where can people follow, find you and get involved? Well, you can follow me on pretty much every social media platform under the same handle, E-M-E-R-I-T-I-C-U-S. Uh, I've got my personal newsletter at contra.substack.com and I write a column for chroniclesmagazine.org. Fantastic. Pedro, I really appreciate you being here today. Thank you for talking to us, for putting yourself out there to extend and let people know that there is hope because there is hope, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, uh, I think that's that's really important, right? Yes. Um, things have to get kind of uh, sketchy before they get better. And I think that's actually where we are right now. It, it had to get this bad for people to realize I need to vote a different way or I need to get out to vote. Uh, if we're going to turn this country around. So yeah, absolutely. I think in the long term, there is a lot of reason to be optimistic, but ultimately it falls on us. Uh, we have to be the ones with our hands on the wheel. So 
Exactly. And tell uh, the, the, the viewers and listeners where they can find you, the article you are, you are an editor at yeah. a publication and where can they yeah, find Chronicles, you there? Yeah, I'm, I'm an editor and writer at Chronicles magazine. So, and uh, we, we have the distinction of being uh, the, the original kind of flagship of the Pat Buchanan movement. So uh, it, yeah, very, very lucky to write for them. That's excellent. Well, it's been my pleasure to have you here. Thanks, Pedro. And we're going Thank to look you. forward to catching up with you soon. So, Patriots, that's what we're doing. We are out here on the front lines getting it done. It's election day. This is the day. This is the day when you've been sitting there watching the politicians are doing this and you haven't had a say and you haven't had a voice. This is the day to make your voices heard. Get out there and vote. Take some people with you. Vote red. And then be prepared to do the work on the back end. Be prepared to be on the front line. If you can't be on the front line, support those of us who are on the front lines. It's been my pleasure to bring this to you today. If you want to join me, you can find me at ravenharrison.com. You can find me on all social media platforms, Raven's Radar and Raven the Conservative Warrior. Reach out to me. Let me know what you want to hear, what you want to see, and what you want us to be fighting for. We should enjoy taking our country back. We'll see you next time.